1: Chris Handy joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? It's uh, Rock "Rocking Around in NYC by Marshall Crenshaw from his classic eponymous 1982 debut album. One of the great power pop albums. Um, for the Grizzlies who are rocking around in NYC
0: today, unless they've already gotten on a plane. Well, they played Minnesota on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yes, they got a couple of days Probably off. Probably steal a day in New York here, right? I would think so, but I I Maybe do not, I do not know their the travel, travel plans. plans. If they are not currently rocking around in NYC, they have been. Have you uh, have you been to Madison Square Garden ever? Not inside it. no. You've walked by. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it was a it was a really good Grizzlies weekend. I'd have to say, wouldn't you? Yeah. No. I, I
1: yes. Uh, two good wins. You know, you beat a good Pelicans team at home, who has sort of had your number a little bit. Um, you know, they're without C.J. McCollum, you're without Desmond Bain. You call that sort of a wash. Um, and then any, any road win in the NBA is a good win, but the Knicks are a decent team. They're not a great team, but they're like a 500 team. You go on the road, beat a 500 team. That's a good win.
0: Yeah. Let's, uh, let's start with Friday. Dylan Brooks was
1: terrific. He's been, he's been terrific. He was terrific against the Knicks. Uh, the Kings game that they lost this week, which, you know, he was instrumental. He was probably the most important player in the comeback they made, they made. I mean, people talk about Jai right. twenty points in the fourth quarter, but really that started with the defensive pressure that he put on 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 De'Aaron Fox and the turnovers they started to generate. I think Desmond, you know, Dylan Brooks has been, you know, if I you know, I'm doing something a little different in my column that I'm writing today, so I don't know if I'll do the player of the week. But if I did the player of the week, Dylan Brooks would be the player of the week.
0: So, um, and I think it it all fits this theme. It's sort of okay. We worry about their depth a little bit, but their high-end players are doing exactly what you would want, What for all of them, what you would hope for all of them. We'll get to Jaron in a minute. Yeah. But you still do have this contract situation hanging over Dylan Brooks's, you know, whatever. Like, yeah,
1: I mean, you know, all, all contracts come to an end and you have to deal with them. And so, like, you know, he's it, he. it's his turn. Um. And so we'll, we'll see. They don't have to – there's no decision point at a minimum until the trade deadline. And even the trade deadline, deadline doesn't have to be a decision point, but it can be. So I think by the time you get to that point, they you should you should have some idea in your head, do we want to bring him back? Do we think we can bring him back? Um, and that won't be definitive until the summer, but you should sort of have a notion
0: in your head. But even if the answer is, we can't bring him back. I don't, that,
1: I don't think that's going to be
0: the answer. The, the, you the, the, whether think... you want to is, a, is but whether, Yes, whether we want to at a price that makes sense for us. Right. Okay? That's what I mean. Yeah. Yes. Whether it, we want to at a price that makes sense for us... Uh, We can't realistically, given what we want to spend on him, there will not be a meeting of the minds. Let's say you conclude before the trade deadline there will not be a meeting of the minds. Unless you can get someone who looks like Dylan Brooks, can do the job that Dylan Brooks does, you hang on to Dylan Brooks and then walk out the door. Even if you think, oh, well, he's going to leave at the end of the season. Don't you? Like, you have to. You can't flush the season. Well,
1: I think it depends on what you can get in in a trade. I think think it's hard to be... It's better on radio to make definitive statements, but the reality is... It's not definitive statements. I, I think there it's a certain there. These are different continuums. It's yes. like different things you're 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 sliding around, and there are different thresholds. And like, can you right. meet certain thresholds based on certain situations? So I wouldn't definitively roll. Right. You can and you out. can't
0: get exactly what he does back, but you can. There are other ways to get right. players who of this of the ilk who do the sorts of things that needed to be done. But on this team, he's, I mean, he's, he's essential, don't you think? Someone playing that role you, is essential. You have
1: to, and this is partly, and partly I'm revisiting things I've written before, but at the quarter point, sort of the check-in, I've actually never felt better about the Grizzlies, I don't think ever, than I right. do right now, which is weird to me. Like, three days ago, like, a lot of people on my social media feed, and I assume they're not total outliers. They probably stand in for some portion of the fan base that's not right. on social media. People, like, really, like, concerned about the Grizzlies. And I just did not understand it at all. Um, I they have they have questions with their bench and i think there are different paths to solve those questions but this is the best this starting lineup which by the way, has not played a single second but it still right. exists in some theoretical yes. sense i think it's the best starting lineup the Grizzlies have ever had clearly it's um, fantastic. yeah i don't know if clearly i think you yeah. could debate cuz you know you had the core four and what ha- what have you but i think it is I, I think in terms of the total talent and the way the parts fit and the lack of sort of trouble areas that like, to me, every box is checked in, right. this, in this group of players. In the case of the team that went to the conference finals, like, not all the boxes were checked because you couldn't space the floor. Right. You, you had, like, Tony Allen and, and Tayshaun Prince or whatever, and, like, there was always some problem somewhere. There's not really a problem anywhere when this team has its best
0: players on the floor. No. And and that job, it is just people get so grumpy about Dylan when he misses shots, but that or when he t- takes shots you shouldn't take. But that job, and by the way, he looks – like, that game started, like, Dylan's taking open threes. It's fabulous. I think the Dylan, the Dylan shot thing, I mean, there's obviously
1: a real issue. I don't have this on my, open on my laptop, and I can't really open it right now, but I, I can kind of remember it. I've been tracking this. So the the, the, the the question with Dylan about, you know, the relationship between how much he shoots and how well he shoots, that's totally real. and it, it, It's been one of the worst imbalances in the league right. for the past three or four years. It's still not great now when you just look at the surface numbers. His shooting his shooting volume really has changed based on the players around, around him. him. And to me, the volume thing is just not a problem this season. It's right. not a problem if you look closely and you see that when John Morant and Desmond Bain play, he only takes like 13 right. shots a when game. When he has
0: to play, when he's the only dude, he's got to put 30 he, he, up. That's he different. He has
1: been – now, he, he has not shot as well as you would want, but in terms of where he has been in the pecking order – it has been appropriate game to game. It's just that there have been games right. where like Desmond Bain's not there, Jaron Jackson's not there, more. and that pushes him up. There's there's been very, very few instances this season where I think he is doing more than he should relative to the players he's playing with. To me, in terms of finding his place in the pecking order, I've got zero problems with it. And to the other point, you were sort of alluding to, and I said this on the show earlier in the year and I'll probably reiterate it, it's not just that you want that your small forward on a team with Morant and Bain has to be a good a really good defender. It's even beyond that. It has to be a good defender who's versatile enough to cover for those guys. And we've seen just this week, Dylan Brooks goes from guarding De'Aaron Fox, who's a six-one, right. if, if not the fastest guard in the league, the second fastest after John Morant, right. to guarding Zion Williamson, who's like right. a six-seven bulldozer power forward, in back-to-back games. There's just not that many guys in the league who can do that and who aren't total zeros on offense. Maybe he does too much on offense, not well enough, but he's not a specialist. He's not a guy who, like, doesn't do anything.
0: Right. And he also, by the way, feels like he is understands this issue of his role, you yes, know, and I think he does, and and so I'm I'm just really impressed. Vion, by the way, I don't know if it was partly uh, Dylan's defense did not look particularly great. Well, I think. There's a couple things there. One, I think
1: a lot of it was Dylan's defense because there was a stretch there, I think, in the third quarter when you had David Roddy and and, and Jake Laravia taking turns on and him. He looked and, better. Yeah, he oh, devoured. And in the second
0: quarter, he just yeah. demolished. was it the second yes. quarter. He was he was he devoured no, those it was dudes. too much. It was a second quarter. You yes. put
1: those dudes in front on the table in front of him. He, he ate right <laughs> it was like
0: a freaking turkey. Yeah. 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 So
1: there was that. But the other thing about Zion is that he is he's great, but he is not great in the way people thought he was going to be great because he has lost his explosiveness. He's averaging 20-something points a game on, like, crazy good field goal percentage. He's, like, second in the NBA in paint points. He's not blowing up the Internet with highlights every night. No. That is not, it well, is, he takes the bump you. and finishes softly at the rim. It's not, oh, my God, look at
0: what Zion just did. That is not what he is now. There was this idea that he was— He was going to be Rookie or Blake you, Griffin. You can't take your eyes off of yeah. him. And there was one player on the court who you couldn't take your eyes off of, and it was Josh. That's and right. It's, it's not Zion anymore. And yep. maybe that's why I was saying he didn't look good. He looks heavy. He looks ponderous. He looks, you know, he is heavy, but hes hes he does not— He is still a tough guard. Dylan Brooks did a right. great job. But he is a tough guard. You can see it in the numbers. He's averaging right. like
1: 22, 23 games, shooting yeah. 55%. I'm making numbers up, but it's something like that. So he is one of the best paint scorers in the league— But he is not, like, a phenom. You can't believe what
0: you're seeing. He's not that anymore. You can't believe that a guy like that can do that. That does not happen anymore. Yeah, Yeah, it's really fascinating to see. Um, uh, Okay, I think the the best story of the week, if Dylan is your player of the week, the best story of the week is what Jaron has looked like since his return, which is— He
1: scored 24 games in a row, first time in his career. He's doing it on a minutes restriction. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and the three-point shooting, it's going to be up and down, but, like, the number on the whole is, like, 31% through five games, which is, like, last year. He shot 0 for 7 in his first game back. And then since then, like, you know, he shot, like, 38. Right. We'll see where it lands. But, like, you know, last night, he shot, like, 3 of 8, which is what you want, you right. know, 38%. I think that looks good, but what re- that looks good. To me, it looks fine. The shot blocking, he didn't get any last night against the Knicks. That was kind of a weird game. But the defense present shot blocking looks the same as it did a year ago. But what's different is he's scoring in the paint the best he has since his rookie season and he's getting to the free throw line. It's been five games, we'll see. But it's getting to the free throw line at a much higher rate than he ever has before. And you put those things together, if you're gonna add like, you know, a real paint scoring threat to like the three and D stuff, that's when you really got something.
0: Which is why you go back then to why you feel better about this team than ever before. What did we want to happen this year? You wanted to take another leap, he has. You wanted Des to take another wondered if there was another leap in him given what had just happened, and there has yep. been. Um you wanted Dylan to learn to play within himself and to still be a ferocious Dylan defender. defensively. Yep. And you wanted Jaron to come back and be healthy and effective and add the, and look and show more that like he's the offense step of forward step offensively. Yep. And and the idea that you would get three of those I probably would have taken. If you had offered me three of them and one of them no, I would have said okay, I'll lock in three of those. The idea that you're getting all four of those yes. is spectacular. And by the way, Stephen Adams has been good. Yes, your question, except for false shots. Your question, your two question, your two big questions are health and bitch,
1: right? The health thing, people, people who follow the Grizzlies are going to say, oh, the Grizzlies are cursed, or oh, this is ingrained. This is all. It's really not. The, the Grizzlies are are no more likely to have injury problems going forward than any other of the right. teams in the West, they may or may not, but there are no more likely. No, no and, to. And,
0: and indeed, you could argue that the injuries that they have are not injuries that you're like, oh, let's it, it, contrast that to Phoenix, where with with Chris Paul, you're like, well, every year he gets yeah. hurt, so or, I or, therefore or, or, worry about it. Or the Clippers, or the Clippers, yes, right. are they going to hold up? There's nothing endemic to the Grizzlies' injuries right. that makes you think so it's going to happen. And maybe
1: you may have good fortune the rest of the way, you may not, but it, there's no reason to assume any more than the reasons to assume with Golden State or Denver or, like, any other, you know. And then the bench stuff, like, it's a real problem, but it's a problem with potential solutions, and it's also, like, a high-end problem. Like, you know, they're becoming more of a conventional NBA team in the sense that they're more top-heavy. That's the way teams tend to work over time, right, as you start paying guys. And, like, and so if your bench is your concern— and you're not worried about your starting lineup, well, you're sort of in a good space even though you have concerns. Like That's what you want to be worried about, not like
0: you know, can our starting lineup compete at the highest level, which it can. It will be less of a concern in the playoffs because the bench doesn't play as that's much. Right. And, in fact, Taylor Jenkins talked about this. You asked him the question. It was interesting because when they emptied the benches in the fourth quarter, Jaron kept playing, yeah. and that was a, a case where it wasn't a – Jaron needed the minutes to keep yeah. playing. Like He's a
1: minute's restriction. He also has a minute's floor because they're, they're trying them, to get, get a them certain up. amount. Right. Right.
0: And he said, listen, part of the regular season is building guys up so in the playoffs they can go. Building them up but not wearing them down. Right, but not right. wearing them down, and that's partly what they're doing. So the play, the bench will be less of an issue. When you say there are potential solutions, you mean acquisitions there or do you mean well, now, growth? Well, or what are you, solutions, plural.
1: So, like, guys can get better. That's one thing. Remember last year, Zion, William, Zaire, Zaire Williams – he was bad early on, and even more than him being bad, the team was bad when he was on the floor. He, like, twisted an ankle or something and was out for, like, four or five weeks and sat on the bench and watched, and when he came back in, he was better. He sort of took got a breather and came back. I think David Roddy, Jake Laravia maybe could use a breather in the same way. They could be better later in the season. Right. So that's one solution. The solution is like if they get healthy, then suddenly like Zaire Williams is coming. Zaire Williams is coming off your bench. Suddenly John Conchar has been good as the starters coming yeah. off your bench. Santi Aldama coming off. You your know, bench. now. Yeah. You know, and so you push guys down, and then you don't have the drag of the rookie minutes. And then the third thing is, yeah, you could you could make a move.
0: Or how, frankly, D- Danny frac- Green could
1: get healthy. You how,
0: know? How about the fact that? So they did extend two guys, Tyus and Brandon. Right. Are those looking like good investments right now? Um. To me, they were a lot more sort of on the fence.
1: Even at the time, like I didn't see those as great deals. I thought I saw those as like reasonable deals. I think you clearly, to me, overpaid on Tyus Jones, but you overpaid in order to keep it to two years instead of making it three or four, and that was the trade-off. I think the the Brandon Clark thing to me was never a steal for the Grizzlies. That's your like third big playing twenty minutes a game, but it was right. like he's good. He's a good fit. Like it's fine. To me, those were those. It's fine contracts. Those were not. Oh wow, look, the right. Grizzlies did it again. Contracts. Um, I think right now, um, they they they're not looking great. But I wonder to what degree it's them, and to what degree they're getting dragged down by the lineups they're in, which which, which feature these rookies. And, rookies. and
0: so, to me, I, so if I, they're playing when they're playing with with Conchar and with Zaire Williams and with uh even, Aldama and with whatever, yeah, well, even more better. so. And I think I think with some of the starters, yes, I think Taylor Jenkins early on had a
1: tendency, you know, play 10-man rotation but play, like, full bench units together. I think this season you've seen him go away from that, I think, appropriately. And so now if you're like, you know, you always have Desmond and or Jaron, one or the other or both, in these bench lineups alongside the Tyus, Brandon, I I think things are going to look a lot better. So we'll see on those those guys. I think they've been disappointing, but it's hard to separate, to me, their individual play from the lineup stuff around them.
0: Yeah, we saw Taylor do that with Des certainly earlier in the year right. the overlap. And then we've seen it with Jared, Jared recently. Yeah. And when Des comes back, it'll be interesting to see how he right how he handles that. Anything else strike you from the game yesterday? Uh Ja was it you looked know, pretty effortless. Yeah, with Ja with the triple double. I think,
1: you know, I do think and I asked Ja a little bit about the, the, the shoe stuff after the game against the Pelicans. I and he was talking about how he's double taping both of his ankles and you know, to try to be cautious about it. I feel like it has impacted his mobility a little bit, but he's sort of fighting through it, and he's just so good. Um, and so we'll see. My, my hope is that him sort of fighting through the injury doesn't like limit prevent him getting to full health as quickly. I wonder right. if like he should have sat that Sacramento game and had like the five days rest, but like you know we'll see.